Hello, Helen Hong. Hello, J. Keith Van Stratton. We are being extra formal because this is an extra special time of year. What time is it, Helen? It's, it's Max, Max Fun Drive. That's right. The Max Fun Drive, of course, is that special time of year when our shows, the staff and community of Maximum Fun, come together to celebrate the audience support that makes all of this possible. So whether you can upgrade, boost, or become a new member this year or not, we hope you will join in the fun by listening to shows like this one. We've got a great show today to celebrate the Max Fun Drive. Helen, who is on today's show? Rachel and Griffin McElroy, who are hosts of several awesome shows here on Maximum Fun, including... Wonderful. And speaking of wonderful, please be sure to listen to our breaks between the segments with our guests because we've got some exciting gifts and rewards we want to talk to you about, including chance to be a guest on a special listener episode of Go Fact Yourself. You can get started right now by going to MaximumFun.org slash join to upgrade, boost, or become a new member. And a couple new opportunities we have for you this year, and two of them are rather timely. Helen, what is that first one? The first 100 people to become new up Upgrading or boosting members will be entered into a drawing with two lucky winners chosen to record a special mini episode with us over Zoom. We'll get to know you, play a game, and have a grand old time, and then release the episode on our feed. That's just for the first 100 people to become new upgrading or boosting members. So, hopefully, you're an early bird. Also, here's a timely thing. We're going to do our first ever Ask Me Anything for our listeners on Monday, March 20th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. Any questions about the episode you're about to listen to or anything else go Factor Self Related will be there. I'm going to be there. Our producer Jim will be there. Helen, you have an exciting work opportunity this this week, so we're not 100% sure if you're going to be there, but I know that if you can, you will. And uh, we're going to be adding some more surprise social media events throughout the Max Fun Drive, so make sure you're connected to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at GoFactorPod. Yeah, and don't forget to go to MaximumFun.org slash join to join. Yay! And now, here's Helen. Are you a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we quiz the smartest people we know and find out why they love what they love. I'm Helen Hong, and now, recording remotely in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, J. Keith. Helen, I have an exciting update and or news that I would like to share with you and our listeners. Ooh. Uh, well, let's let's tamp down those expectations. Oh, ooh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Helen. As some of our regular listeners may know, a couple years ago, I ran for and somehow won a position on my local neighborhood council. Yes. Uh, it has been quite a journey of uh, long Zoom meetings and meeting people in my community. And You're doing... a councilman. Yes, I am a, a council. What? A, yeah, neighborhood council. I guess I am a neighborhood council. Do they person. do they say councilman or do they say council person? No one has ever actually called me by any title, so I actually <laughs> don't know. I would say I'm a board member. I think people have referred to me as a board member before. Oh, okay. And so my term is almost up, and uh, <gasps> there has been a lot of speculation, as you know, of will I run for another term? And I'm here to announce that yes, I am seeking reelection. Whoa! on my neighborhood council, and I am further happy to report that I am guaranteed 
guaranteed to win because I am running uncontested. Uncontested, <laughs> Jake Keith. Yes. Whoa, That's you did right. such a good job your first run that ever, anyone, any contender was like, oh, I can't possibly beat that guy. That has to be it and not just that people are not interested in being in a volunteer job on a neighborhood council. <laughs> I will not be talking about it as much because I don't have any votes to have to uh, oh. to have to solicit for. So, so I you, can could just, say, uh, you could say vote for me? Or well, not. Or I don't not. care. No, no. I, I still would appreciate the, the support of people, and it's very nice to, to have been elected. But, it, yeah, it's a little weird to uh, – apparently, I might now be a fat cat. <gasps> a fat cat? A fat cat because I don't need to do anything for my constituents. I'm going to be reelected anyway. But you know what, Whoa. Helen? I've decided I am going to do something for my constituents. Oh. And also, I have a tremendous fear that I'm somehow going to lose anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because that's just how how things work in my it's, it's, personality. It's just like it's just one of those nonsensical recurring nightmares that you have. Like you wake up and you're like, "Oh no!" Yeah, I've been defeated by no one. Yes, that's the story of my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, thank you all for your support, despite my maybe not needing it. Uh, well, meanwhile, today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guests. Helen, who are they? They are podcast hosts who can be heard on The Adventure Zone, My Brother, My Brother and Me, and together on wonderful all here on the maximum fun network it's rachel and griffin mcelroy hello rachel and griffin hello thanks for having us we're so happy and excited to be here oh that's so lovely we're happy and excited (laughs) to have you 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 both are so busy we appreciate your making time and you both have two young children so this is even more of a miracle yes Yes. we have two rambunctious young scamps (laughs) is there is there any other kind seriously i haven't met like a chill scamp yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or an old scamp. Yeah. We see a lot of scamps at a lot of playgrounds and they are all pretty rambunctious, I was Yeah, say, yeah. Speaking. I have one running around my house right now as we speak. Well, Wonderful is an enthusiast podcast where you celebrate things that you enjoy, but it actually started as something else. Tell us about what it started as and how that evolved into Wonderful. We used to cover at first the Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor pad bachelor in paradise bachelor winter games the whole family of products <laughs> the yeah. bachelor verse into the bachelor yeah. verse. The whole bachelor verse yes. yeah. then kind of branched out to like other romance based reality shows for a little bit but then we weren't enjoying talking about tv shows anymore <laughs> yeah and so we still do sometimes but now we also have a, a vehicle for talking about well anything what married what married at first sight turned you off no, we no, still watch that, that one. one. <laughs> oh, that wasn't the one. You're, I'm like, which one? 90 Day Fiance? That which it, one was it? We, 90 Day Fiance we bounced off of pretty much instantly. You must be careful. Because <laughs> while we do not perform this show anymore, yeah. it's constantly trying to get out of us, this yeah. show. <laughs> A big reason we stopped, honestly, was we had our first child Mm. and it became very difficult because we would watch the evening of television and then we would immediately record while everything was fresh and so it would be like 10 30 at night and we would be going as fast as possible to get it done before our son's first wake up and we're like this is not a way to live a lot of episodes (laughs) in early 2017 you could tell was there was like an act one where we were doing the show as fast as we could, and then you would hear us go like, oh God, oh no, he's up. And then there would be an act two where the two of us would just be these bedraggled husks of human beings. Yeah, kids really do cut into your podcasting time. It's something that's not often discussed enough. Yeah. You've done over 250 episodes in this wonderful format. Do you ever struggle to come up with something wonderful? Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I would say by nature, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say we're not joyous people, mm-hmm. but but we both have issues with anxiety and right. a lot of times when when there is trouble in the world, when we are having just trouble with our lives it is difficult to sit down and be like and how great are cheetos you know it's like (laughs) (laughs) so although i would argue that when you have the lowest moments that's when cheetos are the most when they're there for you right yeah Yeah. we've also by sort of nature of the fact that we've been doing wonderful for almost five years now we've talked about a lot of stuff right so the cuts are having to get a bit deeper we're also trying to get a bit better about like doing more recent stuff like you know music that is newish or mm-hmm. a movie we saw which is you know <laughs> with two kids is a rarity <laughs> and rachel have you been surprised at anything that uh, griffin has found wonderful or vice versa griffin has a lot of interests uh and he's very enthusiastic about those interests so mm-hmm. more often than not i'm surprised that he hasn't talked about something yet like he right. will bring oh. something to the table and I'll be like, we haven't discussed that. Well, I think what's so great about the show is that, as you said, things maybe sometimes aren't so wonderful. And I think it's great to connect with people who are experiencing something wonderful because you might as well find some joy even when things aren't so joyful. So I think yeah. it's a wonderful service that you do. Griffin, in addition to this podcast, of course, you have other podcasts on Max Fun, And you also have a brand new book that is inspired by one of your podcasts. It is the fifth in the series of number one New York Times bestselling Adventure Zone graphic novel series. It's called The Eleventh Hour. And if I'm not mistaken, we're actually recording this the day before its official release. That's true. It comes out tomorrow. Uh, I've got those those pre-publication jitters. You've caught me with some why my own rambunctious energy. (laughs) (laughs) What is a release day like for you? I mean, it's pretty much like all all the rest of them, (laughs) if I'm being honest. We are doing a live virtual event that night. That's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, by nature of how the publishing industry and especially graphic novels works, Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of did my part for this book a very long time ago at Mm. at this point because our artist, uh, Carrie Peach, that does the lion's share of the actual sort of effort that goes into the books. Uh, which which takes uh, a little while, but uh, I yeah I, I didn't get it in until like last week, and I'm I got to remind myself of the story that we wrote, and I'm really excited for other people to get it too. Well, congratulations on that, uh, Rachel. You. I understand you have a day job that is in the grant writing space. What is the key to asking people for money <laughs> successfully? I think when I started, a lot of it was you know like what is the compelling story? You know mm-hmm. who are we serving and how are they benefiting? I'm realizing yeah. more and more it's such a competitive landscape. You really have to know who you're up against. You know oh, like what. Other people are going to be applying for this money. What are they potentially going to have that you won't? You know, and how can we destroy it? <laughs> yeah, how do we take I was going to it say, so does, does it involve talking crap about your potential yeah. competitors? And how do you defame them in a way yes. that makes, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just kind of knowing the landscape and knowing what makes your program strong. And mm-hmm. then, you know, if there are areas that aren't as strong, figuring out kind of how this additional funding will help you grow that strength. I'm sure the grants that you're involved with are uh, pristine and wonderful and perfect, but you must have seen other grants where you are amazed that somebody would have said or asked for something in a certain way. Are there, are there is there a memorable mistake that you, maybe you've seen in uh, someone else's grant that comes to mind? I think the biggest thing is people don't know what to do with the money. Like they know that they need more. 
Right. But they don't know what they would use it for and how much that would cost. So, mm-hmm. you know, they get really excited about the opportunity. They recognize they're eligible and then they sit down and I'm like, okay, what are we asking for? And they're just like, oh, money. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> money, good. I think that would, be my entire, that would be my entire grant. Money, good, give money. Well, speaking of asking for money, we are dropping this episode in the midst of Max Fun Drive, where we ask listeners to become members of Maximum Fun. And uh, you both have been part of the Maximum Fun family for a while. I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about what Max Fun means to you and why you think our listeners should consider joining or boosting their membership. I have been doing podcasts since 2010. It's been more or less the focus of my whole career mm-hmm. since then. And none of that would have been possible if it weren't for the Max Fun Network and, and us getting to join them um, back in 2011. Uh, so we've been with the network. Geez, this is like our 12th Max Fun drive, which is absolutely bonkers. Uh, any number after 10 has seemed outrageously large to me. Um, but I feel a, the same way after two. <laughs> uh, but it's a system of direct sort of support and, and patronage that uh, I've never seen anything like uh, elsewhere on the internet. Um, and I'm incredibly grateful that we've been able to make the kind of stuff we make and, and have the kind of lives that we have because of this huge network of supporters who have very directly and materially sort of contributed to uh, the, the the stuff we make. It is a genuine honor to be a, uh, a recipient of that. Yeah, I would say one of the things that I really think makes Maximum Fund stand out is that Jesse Thorne and all the folks that kind of help put the whole suite of programs together are really thoughtful about the tone and the character of the kind of content they're putting out. And I always feel really excited to kind of recognize that and to help support that because it's makes me proud to be a part of it. And I also just feel like I can really sincerely say like, these are good people and and they're wow. and they're creative and they're trying to put good stuff in the world and they're trying to make people happier and and it is great to be part of that and it's great to get the support for that. Yep. Mm, amen. And, I second that emotion. Here, here. And what would be your pitch to our listeners who maybe haven't decided to join yet or maybe are considering joining at a higher level? Because God knows I don't know what to tell them. <laughs> I would say just sort of think about where this show and the other shows on the network, sort of the space that that occupies in your life, right? I am not the one who's gifted at asking people for fungible support in this marriage, but... You, um, you prefer NFTs. Yeah, I'm more of an <laughs> NFT guy yeah. myself. And I'm so glad you've given me the window here. I oh, need boy. to tell you guys about my new stuff. You... Oh, that's <laughs> yes, please, let, let's, let's have a crypto talk. <laughs> All I can say is that, like, it genuinely does have an incredibly direct and meaningful impact for the shows and their creators. So, And Rachel, uh, I see you nodding along to that. Yeah, I mean, right now I'm sitting at Griffin's desk and it is full of equipment that he wouldn't have otherwise. You yeah. know, I mm. think each time we do this is an opportunity to improve the quality of the show, you know, the sound, the as fast as it gets out, you know, mm-hmm. our ability to do it every week. It's funny you say that because the microphone that I'm using, I actually bought on the recommendation of Justin when he was yeah. on our show oh. uh, using the funds we had for our, our last Max Fund Drive. So it definitely yeah. makes a tangible difference. And especially, I think, for a smaller show like ours. Well, thank you so much for making that pitch. And thank you so much for being here. It's Griffin and Rachel McElroy. All right, Griffin and Rachel, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. 
Rachel, you said you know a lot about St. Louis Blues hockey 2019 to the present, Ooh, 20th century American poetry, and sticking with the time era theme, the TV show Quantum Leap. <laughs> Whereas Griffin, you said you know a lot about Pokemon, the yes. singer-songwriter Carly Rae Jepsen, Uh-oh. and of course, the TV show The O.C. Now we're talking. Indeed. <laughs> Later on, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If I either of you gives an incorrect or incomplete answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, I solemnly swear. First up in I solemnly swear is Rachel. Rachel, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Helen? I will let them tell you themselves because we have a listener recording. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to gofactorpod.com and click on Get Involved. Okay, play it. Hey, everyone. My name is Kelly Yates from Portland, Oregon, and my question for what's the difference is, while they're both qualities of someone who solemnly swears, what's the difference between honest and truthful? Love the show. Oh, thank you so much, Kelly. All right, Rachel, you heard Kelly. What is the difference between someone being honest and being truthful? Okay, so I think somebody that's honest it seems more like a like a character quality, mm-hmm. regardless of the circumstance you are to be counted on. Truthful seems like there is something in question. You know, mm. there there is some kind of incident or inciting event that has led you to be put on the spot and give the correct and appropriate answer, and then in that case, he would be truthful. All right, some sort of inciting incident, like like yeah. what? Like what? For instance, I'm curious. Like who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Right. Right. Who me? Yeah. Exactly. Couldn't be. All right. Well, uh, my, brain, my brain automatically went to murder. So <laughs> 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 like like murder. Like did you kill the guy? Come on. Yeah, you can see the broad degree of programming <laughs> we have here on Maximum Fun. Everything from stealing from the cookie jar to murder. All right, we've got Rachel's answer. We don't know yet if she's entirely correct. Griffin, if you don't think she got it exactly right, you could steal anything you want to change or add to Rachel's answer. I mean, I got to take a swing at it, even though I think she's right, because that was okay. where my mind went as well. I feel like honesty is trans like, transparent in a mm-hmm. oh man that's basically exactly what Rachel said <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this segment has honestly become too good to be true. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges table for the facts. Here are the facts. An honest person is always truthful, but a truthful person isn't always honest because honest means that you endeavor to be truthful all the time and that your actions also reflect having a high degree of ethical standards even when it's inconvenient because honest refers to your moral character, not just what you say, but what you do. And truthful simply means that in one particular moment, you are telling the truth. Yes, that's right. Of course, an honest or truthful person can be mistaken saying what they believe to be true, even if it turns out later to be false. Uh, Speaking of which, if you do your own internet research, you may come across a number of websites for law firms that say the definition is the opposite of what we said, but we probably went to more reliable sources than they did. It's hard to believe that lawyers would try to manipulate the meaning of words. They seem so (laughs) honest. Helen, how did our guest do? 
Yeah, Rachel, you crushed it. Rachel crushed it, <laughs> yeah. just as Griffin said. Very good. Two points for Rachel. All right, up next in I Solemnly Swear is Griffin. Griffin, while both are ways to solemnly swear, what's the difference between a vow and an oath? A vow and an oath. Is it that a vow is like a personal promise while an oath has consequences? All right. That's the best I got. All right. We've got Griffin's answer. We don't know yet if he's entirely correct. Rachel, anything you want to change or add? I think maybe like a when I think of a vow, I think it can be of a more uh, intimate kind of individual Mm-hmm. Like promise, whereas an oath has a has a, a larger kind of broader audience in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the only other possible answer I can think of. All right. Well, this segment needs to take a vow of silence. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. A vow is made to an individual, <sighs> sometimes to oneself or one's God, <laughs> and is usually spoken. An oath is made to an institution and is often written and signed. That's right. Also, an oath is often for a limited time, like an oath of office or a military or police oath, which lasts only as long as the person has that job. But vows are supposed to have no expiration date, like a wedding vow, which is meant to last until death or divorce do you part. Helen, how did our guest do? Griffin, I think you did get vow because you said that it was a personal promise. Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah, um, sure. And then, but you also said that an oath has consequences. No, I remember. Which... I said the wrong thing for that one. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that I think you were, you were, a, 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 you know what? I want to give you a point and a half. I'll right? take a point and a half. I that think, feels very gracious. Yeah, yeah. Because I think you got vow and I think you were kind of in the, in the zone of oath, but not quite. So a point and a half for Griffin. All right, very good. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Rachel McElroy has two points and Griffin McElroy has a point and a half. All right, but those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Hey, 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 everybody. Again, it is the Max Fun Drive right now through March 31st. Helen, what does Max Fun membership do? Max Fun membership pays for shows, including our show, Go Fact Yourself. Because I hope you know, you know, the show isn't free to make. We, the producers spend a lot of time getting the guests, and then there's recording equipment and engineers and editing and all the stuff that goes into creating the show is not free. And we actually need money. Solid hard cash to create our show. Go fact yourself. <laughs> That's right. Our shows are directly supported by our members. And this is the one time of the year where we put a lot of energy into letting you know how you can support the show as a member. So will you? Will you please join, upgrade, or boost your membership? Okay, all you have to do to do that is go to MaximumFun.org slash join. All memberships at $5 a month or more get bonus content access. Oh my gosh, Helen, our bonus episode this year is a little bit bananas. It was bananas. We did an episode with Bria Grant and Jarrett Hill, who are two other hosts on Maximum Fun, and we recorded it mostly with a live audience, but then... Something yeah. happened in the show that has never happened to us in the 120-plus episodes that we have recorded. Even our producer Jim Newman had to get involved on microphone, which is something that uh, he's not his favorite thing to do. It all worked out great, but you will definitely want to hear this. And uh, you can hear a sneak preview of the show right now in a mini-episode that we released last week. But if you want to hear that full episode, which I highly recommend, you can do that right now if you support Max Fun Drive at any level. And... 
And, oh, by the way, you can buy a gift membership for somebody else, and that recipient gets that bonus content as well. Now, Helen, let's talk goals. 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 All new, upgrading, and boosting members will have the chance to enter our second-ever listener tournament for the chance to be guests on a full episode of Go Fact Yourself with quizzes, experts, the whole shebang. And that first listener episode we did is going to be released next Monday on March 27th. And it was, as they say, a very special episode, except this time we actually mean it. We're not being smarmy. <laughs> now, we got some goals that uh, you can help us achieve to unlock even more one-of-a-kind experiences. If we get to 500 new upgrading or boosting members, that is our goal, 500, those of you who do so will be entered into a drawing with two lucky winners chosen to join us on a Zoom while we record an episode. You will hear the full, unedited show weeks before anyone else and see how the show gets made. We have never done this before. It is the only way to get this opportunity is by becoming a new upgrading or boosting members. It's like getting behind the curtain of the Wizard of Oz. Only we're the wizard. We're <laughs> yeah. the wizard and it's it's um uh-huh. keep yeah. going, Helen. This is yeah, a great, yeah. great metaphor. I love I it. I mean you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's like it's like me making sausage but not as gross. Yep. Exactly like that. Uh, we've also got some exciting stretch goals that we're gonna tell you about as we approach those numbers, but all of our goals are about finding more chances for our supporting listeners to have unique experiences that you can't get any other way. We're also gonna be adding some special opportunities for all of our supporters this year, including your choice of virtual game nights, karaoke parties, and trivia contests. All those who are new upgrading and boosting members will get even more of those opportunities. I love a karaoke party, Jake Heath. Yes. Well, get ready to enjoy karaoke parties with some of our favorite supporting listeners. Hey, how can these people get involved and get a chance to enjoy any of these opportunities, Helen? Go to MaximumFun.org slash join and join. Or boost or Upgrade. And when you're there, make sure to check the box that says go fact yourself so that we know that you're supporting our show in the Max Fun Drive. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Rachel McElroy and Griffin McElroy. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. All right, Rachel, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about St. Louis Blues hockey from 2019 to the present, 20th century American poetry, and the TV show Quantum Leap. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what St. Louis Blues hockey from 2019 to the present means to you. So I grew up in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. I was lucky in that we did not move around a lot. And so I spent my entire childhood in St. Louis. My dad is a huge hockey fan. He's just kind of a local sports fan. He really got into hockey. And then around middle school, my interest really started to pick up. I would go to Brett Hull's restaurant as a kid. Wow. We went to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. That was my first trip out of the country um, when I was in middle school. 2019, I mean. Big year. Yeah, big, I got I got Griffin into hockey. Yeah, um, we had watched a few. We'd been watching games sort of randomly up to that point, but 2019 was the season where we start. We watched every game beginning of the season. To the well, end. they had that like unbroken In, winning streak. They had the wild winning streak after being at the bottom of yeah. the standings at the start of the new year, and then just went on a wild run. Very cool. And what was it like for you, Rachel, when they won the Stanley Cup? I believe in 2019. Oh my God, it was unbelievable. I and mean, they'd never won before. I remember calling my dad and us just having that like moment across you know the country of like we're watching it now it's happening very oh, cool I love that all right you also said you know a lot about 20th century American poetry I 
went to undergrad and majored in English and took a lot of poetry classes then. And then graduate school, I got a master's in humanities and and wrote like a creative poetry thesis and took a Mm. lot of poetry classes. You weren't just in it for the money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I mean, or the the esteem, the accolades, the glory, yeah, the fame. No, I... (laughs) I've always really loved it. And Mm -hmm. it's something that I I bring to our podcast a lot. You know, there's a a real opportunity because so few people interact with poetry in their daily life that I get to pick and choose kind of Or their weekly life or monthly life or (laughs) annual life. (laughs) Yearly life. I go huge stretches of time without interacting with poetry, except on our podcast. (laughs) And then finally, tell us what the TV show Quantum Leap means to you. Oh, God. I'm going to go make myself some lunch while... (laughs) This is going to take a while? This will be about 30 to 40 minutes. I mean, I started watching it as a kid, and then I would pick it up in syndication and watch the reruns. And then Mm -hmm. when it came out on DVD... I got each little box set of the season and watched all the little special features on those box sets. I love it. I, I It's hard to really say why specifically mm-hmm. because I don't have a lot of shows like that in my quiver. It's just one of those shows. And also when I found out Scott Bakula was from St. Louis, like it felt like- Oh, well, like, forget about it. Yeah, uh, I felt this like nice pull of like, oh, hometown hero. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, to summarize, Rachel, you said you know a lot about St. Louis Blues hockey from 2019 to the present, 20th century American poetry and the TV show Quantum Leap. Today we're going to quiz you about Quantum Leap. Oh my God, okay. Uh, <laughs> for our listeners who don't know, which it's hard to believe, maybe explain a little, explain maybe in a line or two what is the the uh, setup of Quantum Leap, and then we can talk more about it. Oh, so it is a time travel experience. There is a man, Dr. Sam Beckett, who comes to the series with several prestigious degrees, and he has undertaken, you know, figuring out what time travel is all about. He steps into the quantum leap accelerator and <laughs> vanishes and then the whole series is him leaping into other people's lives within his own lifetime and realizing that in order for him to get out of that leap he has to solve some kind of fundamental problem in their life very uh, succinctly stated we appreciate yeah. that all right now <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite leap or two from the series there's an episode i always think about where uh sam beckett has leapt into somebody that is undergoing which at the time was called like shock therapy oh, uh, yeah. and that causes him to go into other characters that he has leapt in throughout the series Mm. And so it's really rewarding to watch as a fan because he will change his mannerisms, his voice, and he will be that character from that episode. And then his his guide on the on the journey is Al and Al's trying to like get him in through all these personalities to get him to understand what he has to do to leap out. It's a real tour de force from Mr. Scott Bakula. (laughs) I was going to say that sounds like an acting like that sounds like a really rigorous acting challenge. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic, Rachel, with an expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Griffin, do listen closely, because if Rachel answers incorrectly, you can steal. Griffin, (laughs) by the way, how much do you know about Quantum Leap? If I were to give you a percentage ranking, if Rachel Mm -hmm. is 100%, I think I'm going to clock in at around 18 
I think okay, this really? Okay. I've seen, I watched every episode. Yeah, you her, watched every episode. But it was not. <laughs> I, I watched a lot of it growing up too, but it it did not. We had Didn't absorb. We watched a lot. I'll say this: a lot more television shows in the McRoy household than got it. Uh, than there was Rachel a lot competing one. for your memory. At exactly. That <laughs> All right. All right, Rachel. Let's see if you give Griffin a chance to come in. Here's question number one. In Quantum Leap's first two full seasons, it had some trouble getting viewers, possibly due to the number of different shows preceding it on Wednesday nights on NBC, such as the less-than-memorable FM and The Nutters. Finally, a new lead-in helped increase its rating significantly, a sitcom starring a stand-up comedian and about nothing. What all-time classic 90s sitcom was it? <laughs> Seinfeld. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. Very good. <laughs> Can I still steal? You cannot steal after the correct Night answer has court. been given. Thank oh, you also, very much. <laughs> I appreciate the wrong steal. Fun fact, in the episode of Seinfeld where Jerry and George pitch a show to NBC, a poster for Quantum Leap hangs in the NBC waiting room. <laughs> All right, here's question number two. When Scott Bakula's character Sam leapt or leaped into a new situation, it usually took him a moment to figure out where, when, and who he was. That discovery was often followed by what became a catchphrase as he realized that he had yet again gotten himself into quite a predicament. What was that two-word phrase? Oh, boy. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct for another point. Very good. Fun fact, in one episode where he leapt into a rabbi, Sam said, Oy vey. <laughs> How fun. It is fun. It's fun to be Jewish sometimes. All right, here's question number three. Sam Beckett leaped or leapt into a lot of different people from the past, but in a season four episode, he found himself inhabiting a non-human creature. What kind of animal was it? chimpanzee. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. No hesitation. <laughs> that was a wild one. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, that episode was called The Wrong Stuff and featured NASA's space program. NASA did use chimpanzees in the space program, but none named Bobo, which was his character's name, went to space. The first chimp in space was named Ham, who survived and lived for another 21 years. Wow. Bonus fun fact, Scott Bakula spent most of this episode wearing a diaper. That is what? the funnest fact. I that is the funnest fact. I don't know why I bothered with the other. Can you imagine being the one chimpanzee who's been to space and coming back yeah. and talking to your other chimpanzee friends? Like, oh, guys, you wouldn't believe it. Man, oh, if you can't get a date after that. With a, with a swinging, from, swinging from trees, huh? That's a, yeah, yeah, swinging from trees is cute, I guess. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, you're three for three. You still have your two hints available, Rachel. Here's question number four. Sam Beckett was actually Dr. Sam Beckett, but he might have been called Dr. 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 Sam Beckett because he had seven doctoral degrees. But in which of the following disciplines did Sam Beckett not have a doctorate? Ooh. Was it astronomy, ancient languages, chemistry, mathematics, or music? Wow, this oh, is a good one. man. Thank you. <laughs> Talk it out. Talk it out. Well, so a lot of times it would come up in the episode. Like he would mm -hmm. leap into a, a profession and be like, oh, great news, guys. I, <laughs> I had a degree. A yeah, yeah, I had a degree in this. Like so, the, writers so, would add, the writers would add one for that episode just to make it make sense? So some of them I'm certain. Like I know ancient languages was one of them. Okay. These were listed in the opening sequence of every episode of Quantum Leap, I believe. <laughs> Showed him getting a diploma and walking across the stage each time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, astronomy, chemistry, music. I don't think it's music. 
I think that was just a talent that Mr. Bakula brought to the performance. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would like a hint. Helen, how about that first hint? He did have a doctorate in music. Oh my God. Wow. What a timely hint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say chemistry then. Helen? That is not correct. No, no I'm terribly sorry. Griffin with a chance to steal... Is it astronomy? Helen? No, it is not. <gasps> no, he did have one in astronomy. He did not have one in mathematics. Uh, you would use that all the time. Yes. Yeah. Sci-fi just counting stuff. just counting the years. How far do I have to go back and forth yeah. would be math? Yes, I'm sorry, no point there for either of you. Fun fact, he also had degrees in medicine, quantum physics, and archaeology. It takes a lot of smarts <laughs> to get those degrees. Dr. Beckett had an IQ of two hundred and sixty-seven. <laughs> That's so big. I think next reboot of Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. It's him in music school. <laughs> it's like whiplash, but he can also time travel. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I don't know how old one would have to be to have seven doctoral degrees. I think I'm going to guess older than Scott Bakula was at the time. Well, I think his character was a prodigy, wasn't exactly. he? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. He, he's like, take that, Doogie Howser. I'm going to get seven. Uh huh. Right. Wow. All right. No point there. Let's see how I can bounce back on question number five. Quantum Leap was nominated for 32 Emmy Awards and won six, all for behind-the-scenes work. Three of those Emmys were awarded in what category? Hmm. Oh, man, and I just have to spit that one out, huh? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You do have a hint available if you'd like to use your second hint. Use the hint. Use the hint. Okay, I will. I'll use the hint. (laughs) All right. A a birdie has told you to uh, use the hint. Helen, how about that second hint? Merriam-Webster defines this as the art or science of motion picture photography. And so do I. (laughs) I mean, cinematography? Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Very nice job. Excellent use of the hint. Yes, the show won three Emmys for cinematography. The show also won for hairstyling, editing, and makeup. Scott Bakula as Sam and Dean Stockwell as Al were each nominated four times. All right, Rachel, you did quite well in that round, but here now is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Rachel, the narration heard at the beginning of the show was spoken by actor Deborah Pratt, but this was far from her only contribution to the series. In addition to being Quantum Leap's executive producer and head writer, Ms. Pratt also played two memorable characters. One was the voice of a recurring character, whose contributions to the time travel experiment were essential, despite the character's massive ego. The other was an on-camera guest star in a season two episode where she employs a parapsychologist to help her. So, for up to three points, what recurring character did Deborah Pratt voice on Quantum Leap? To what EGOT-winning actress and singer is this character's ego compared in a season four episode? And what on-camera guest-starring role did Deborah Pratt play in that season two episode? Go. Take one at a time. Ziggy is the expert that I think that that her voice was associated with. Okay. Can you remind me what the other two were again? Sure. The, the second part was uh, in one episode in season four, that character uh, had an ego that was compared to that of an EGOT winning singer and actress. Oh. Um, Barbara Streisand. All right. And then finally want to know what on-camera guest starring role did Deborah Pratt play in a season two episode? If you don't know the name, you can maybe give a description of the character if that rings a bell. I am going to say uh, one of... 
Al's wives. All right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is a writer, executive producer, and voice of Ziggy on Quantum Leap. It's Deborah Pratt. Hi, Deborah. Oh, my gosh. Hello, hello. Hi. You're you're absolutely brilliant. When you named Shock Theater, I was, like, blown away. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I wrote that. So that's one of my. You favorites. wrote that episode, the one that the oh one that was Rachel's gosh. favorite. Oh, fantastic! And you're from St. Louis. I love that fact because I went to yeah. Webster College, which is now Webster University. Yeah, oh, that's cool. I went to Webster Groves High School, which is located right next door. Right next door, absolutely, mm-hmm. it is. It's Wonderful. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us, Deborah. My goodness, there's so much to talk about on Quantum Leap. You wrote dozens of episodes. You're also an author of a popular series called The Vision Quest. As an actor, you've appeared on dozens of shows, including Chips, Happy Days, Benson, Magnum PI, Airwolf, Days of Our Lives, and as a director. You've directed television, including Grey's Anatomy and Masterpiece Theater. And you're also involved in the Quantum Leap revival, which has just been renewed for season two. Congratulations. Thank you very, very much. And I just directed an episode that will have just aired um, when this show comes on. So, Wow. Oh, very cool. That's so cool. Before we talk about the original, tell us a little bit about how the revival came to be and what your role is in it. Well, I've been beating on Universal's door for 28 years to say, are you guys are missing a, a, a bet here. You know, this show is, and I always compare it to Star Trek. I said, if they can have nine spinoffs and not <laughs> can't we? And so uh, finally, one of the big execs said, you know, I just, I want to do Quantum Leap as a love story. And um, mm. Brian Winbreth and Steve Lillian came in with a, a take on it that they really, really liked. And um, they reached out to Don Belisario and myself and, and then they put together this amazing, diverse cast. I mean, we have right. the first South Korean lead in, in Raymond Lee ever, ever mm. on a TV show. Um, Ernie Hudson, who when when they said they were, you know, they wanted to bring magic back, I went, Ernie Hudson, Ernie Hudson, Ernie Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that tie-in. And then um, Nanrissa Lee, who's our security expert, and Mason Alexander Park, they are really a tribute to where we are in the world today. So we've been able to really create something. When we first got there, people would say, you know, as as executive producer, what's your main role? And I said, keeper of the lore. Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) So you make make sure that someone doesn't accidentally, you know, refer to something that Sam, Sam's eighth degree or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or just that the feeling of the show, that this is what a hologram can do. This is what Mm. a hologram can't do. I tell the writers when I I was in the writer's room with them, there are four ingredients that make a great quantum leap. And that is history, heart, humor, and hope. Well, hope is something that uh, seems to come up as a theme in the books that you write as well. I know in the Vision Quest series, it's sort of a very hopeful look at the future, which is a contrast to a lot of sci-fi that sort of imagines a more dystopian future. Is, is that something, as you've you've worked on a lot of projects that involve different time periods, that, that you always look at? What's, what's the hopeful angle? I think I wanted to write a series about the not-too-distant future because I have two kids, Troy and mm-hmm. Belisario and Nick Belisario. I wanted them to know that a, the power of one can make a difference, and B, the future is what we make it. In 2029, the great quakes changed the earth as we knew it today, and we had to unite as a planet. And 
we came together and then we put our genetics into animals and we created alternate species. And then we put our genetics into machines. And when they became sentient, they looked at our history and said, these people have got to go. <laughs> so the books really take place at the beginning of these times where right. it's kind of happening to us right now where AI is- I was gonna say. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you, you kind of are ahead of the curve on Quantum Leap about what AI is and how involved it can be and how human it can be. What do you make about how AI is becoming more part of our lives now? They're on their way to be smarter than we are. The, the hope is that we teach them a moral base. First, we might have to teach ourselves a moral base, but I- <laughs> But first, we have to teach ourselves on. a moral base. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, let's talk about the original Quantum Leap. You were there from the beginning. I'm curious about the casting of Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell. They had such an incredible chemistry. Uh, how did they come together as you saw it? From the very, very beginning, you know, I was reading a book called A Short History of Time by Stephen Hawking and had given it to, to Don and said, I got an idea that we could do this show with, that's an anthology that that this character could step into other people's lives because Einstein says time and space is limited. So there's not room for a, for a fourth person to appear in a room full of three people. Somebody's got to be knocked out. So we hmm. need somebody that can be an everyman. And when Scott Bakula came in, he nailed it. And then once we had Scott, we had a, a very short list of people and Dean walked in the room and it was like the two of them had known each other in a past life forever, whatever. They hit it off so magically. You also provide the voice of this other character that we'll talk about. Is the narration supposed to be in the voice of that other character? Or is it supposed to be an unrelated, just sort of voice of God giving the narration at the top? The narrator uh, yeah. at the top, but everyone recognized Ziggy in it because mm -hmm. I did it as Ziggy. Okay. And I get people all the time when I go anywhere, they say, do the, do the opening, do the opening. <laughs> yeah. Well, can I, can I say, do the opening, do the opening. <laughs> Theorizing that one could time travel within their own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, an observer in his own time who appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see and hear. And so Dr. Sam Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right that once went wrong and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. <laughs> She's still got it. Look at those smiles on the McElroys. So good. I oh. just, I just dissociated during that. That was amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the reason we brought you here. As far as our game is concerned, you heard the questions that we asked of Rachel. First, we wanted to know what was the recurring character that Deborah Pratt provided the voice for on Quantum Leap. Helen, what did Rachel say? Rachel said Ziggy. And Miss Pratt. That's correct. That is correct for the point. Very good, of course. All right. Next, we wanted to know to what EGOT-winning actress and singer was that character's ego compared to in a season four episode? Helen, what did Rachel say? Rachel said Barbara Streisand. And Ms. Pratt? That is so mind-blowing that you knew that. Rachel, again, I am so impressed. <laughs> yes. And, and if you don't mind me outing you, uh, Deborah, you actually had said that you did not remember that. I did not before. remember yes. that. <laughs> 
Very, very cool. And finally, wanted to know what on-camera guest starring role did Deborah Pratt play in the season two episode? Helen, what did Rachel say? Rachel said one of Al's wives. And Ms. Pratt? That is not correct. No, no, I'm terribly sorry. But it's a very interesting story. Tell us the character and uh, why it's so special to you. The episode was called Troyan. and was a woman whose dead husband's voice haunted her. And as a matter of fact, Don Belisario played the mirror image of the psychologist in that episode. Oh. And the name Troyan is my daughter's name. Oh. Oh. Belisario from Pretty Little Liars. And she was the little girl, her first role, um, in television was the little girl in another mother where Sam leapt into the mother of the young boy that disappears in his kid. Yeah. She could see Al and she could see that Sam, and this was something that I made up for the show's lore that children under five and animals can see the truth of the leap. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Rachel, while we have Deborah Pratt here, anything you'd like to ask or say to our expert? I mean, first, the show was so meaningful to me. And I think it is because of what you described, like the the heart and the hope of it uh, really resonated for me. You know, science fiction was something that I just felt like I, I don't know what my entry point is for this. And Quantum Leap like gave me exactly those things I was looking for. So thank you for that. As far as the different leaps, is there anything that you all talked about and couldn't get to work or were planning to do and never did? Well, the show ended, show ended abruptly. so abruptly. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I was in the writer's room. We had six other shows uh, in development because we thought for sure we were going to get picked up. Mm. They had moved us six times in five years, and the fans always found us. Mm. And here's another factoid that is fascinating. We were the first show to find our fan base in chat rooms. In mm. Oh, wow. And so we would sneak on and listen to what they talked about. And it was like the first time the water cooler was on the Internet. Mm. There were so many episodes. And again, and I'm telling the, the new team this as well. Anything you can imagine can be a quantum leap if you tie that story to some emotional human experience, a universal mm. unit, um, experience that we can all relate to. And I can't tell you how many letters I got, or I'll go into a pitch meeting with a young executive who says, okay, it's very nice to meet you. Excuse me a moment, I have to geek out. I love quantum leap. <laughs> do, do the narration, do the narration. <laughs> yeah. I haven't gotten them to actually go that way, but they said, one of them said that was so meaningful to me. There were some hard things going on in my life with my parents and my family. And I remember thinking, I wish Sam would leap into my life, mm. make things right that are so wrong. And to me, that's the power of the media and the power of telling a great story. Well, thank you for sharing your stories with us today. If people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they do that? Um, DebraImpratt.com. And please tune in to uh, the new Quantum Leap Monday nights on NBC. 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific and 9 p.m. Central and on Peacock streaming. Yes. The episode you directed is called Family Style, which will be available on Peacock by the time people are hearing this, as well as the original series is also on Peacock. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Deborah Pratt. Thank you Thank very, you. very Thank much. You. Oh, oh, Mirrors. I have a new book coming out and I have a new graphic novel called Warrior One coming out hopefully this summer. And then, of course, The Vision Quest. If you want to know what's going to happen in the future, 
I had somebody say in their one of their reviews, this is prophetic. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yes. So if you want spoilers, check out the work of Deborah Pratt. Thanks for joining us. Deborah Pratt, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Rachel McElroy has eight points and Griffin McElroy has a point and a half with a round of questions for Griffin coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Griffin about a topic he knows about. Plus later, Rachel and Griffin will go head to head in our fast facts round, all to find a winner on Go Factors. Oh my gosh, what a fun episode we have underway. And you know what else is underway, Helen? The Max Fun Drive. Max Fun Drive means so much to us, and apparently it means a lot to our listeners, too. You know, Helen, we just taped this special episode with two of our listeners as guests, and I have to tell you, that whole experience, it was a months-long tournament where we got to know some of our most loyal and dedicated listeners. It it was a wonderful experience on our end as well. It was really, really awesome. I mean, a lot of you actually entered the contest, which is so already like, wow, amazing for me, but the guests that that ended up winning the tournament and that we did an entire Go Fact Yourself episode with them. They were so articulate and interesting and intelligent. And, you know, the fact that they love our show enough to be so involved and to be super fans of the show and that we gave them the experience of, like, meeting a couple of their heroes. Ah, the whole thing was so great. And uh, one of the things that we did during that tournament was we did some video calls with about 30 or 35 of our, uh, I guess, semifinalists uh, who had made it through the tournament. And just being able to connect and hear what the show means to them, see all the diversity that's out there, the people who listen to us. There's a lot that you people have in common. Obviously smart, obviously very appropriately attractive. Um, But also, uh, literally, we were talking to people from uh, all over the world in different time zones, different ages, different gender representations. Uh, It it was so cool and and, and very heartening. I'm so happy It was almost annoying to me, J. Keith, since you know that I hate having feelings. Yes. And I, 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 I had some. I had some, I got a little verklempt and I was like, "Ah, I don't know if I like this, but. Well, feelings, whether they're verklempt or others, are something that we welcome on the show. We love getting the feedback that we see from our listeners. You know, I read every email that we get, every tweet, every Instagram message, every Facebook interaction. It has been overwhelmingly positive to the point that I've pretty much forgotten the negative ones. So thank you all for that. (laughs) This thing about podcasting, especially on Maximum Fun, it really is a two-way street. You know, we, we love to make the show for you. We get ideas from our listeners about who we want to have on the show, how we want to present the show, what are some special things that we can do for the show. And that's the whole reason that we ended up doing this listener tournament and that we added some of these goals this year for the Max Fund Drive to have more unique opportunities that people can't get anywhere else. And my gosh, all you have to do to do this is spend only $5 a month and you get the bonus content. You also get a sticker. Oh my gosh, I forgot the sticker that we got. It's a really cool sticker. It's one that uses our little catchphrase about facts they know, facts they may not know, and facts they should know. You can get a uh, fantastic reusable sticker if you support our show, joining at or upgrading at least $10 a month. Jake Keith, I was right now years old when I learned that the sticker <laughs> is reusable. And I can't, I'm, this is, oh, oh, this opens up so many possibilities because I could stick it on my water bottle. I could stick it on my cell phone, the back of my cell phone. I could stick it on my forehead. Putting the sticker on your water bottle or someplace, or your laptop or someplace where other people can see it, it's kind of like, ooh, are there other Go Fact Yourself listeners out there? Wink, wink. It's a way to find yourselves. If you're already a member for just $1 more per month, you can become a boosting member and get involved in those bonuses that we have just for our boosting and upgrading members. All right, so please, will you consider joining us as a member? I hope the answer is yes. Helen, how do they join us as a member? Go to MaximumFun.org slash join and click on Go Fact Yourself. 
Yeah, make sure that they know that you are supporting Go Fact Yourself in the Max Fund Drive. That's how support comes to us, and that's how we know that you want to be involved, perhaps, in these opportunities. Thanks again so much, and here's more of Rachel McElroy and Griffin McElroy on this special Max Fund Drive episode of Go Fact Yourself. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Rachel McElroy and Griffin McElroy. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. All right, Griffin, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Pokemon, the singer-songwriter Carly Rae Jepsen, and the TV show The O.C. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what Pokemon means to you. It's a portmanteau of pocket oh. monsters. Okay. So, next question, please. I never I knew that. Oh, I really? Not either. Literally, yes. th- I am literally you know right now years old. I didn't. I, like learning but it. I want to I hear what it means to you. Yes, Griffin. although I love a good portmanteau, which I believe <laughs> itself uh, is a portmanteau. I love games that kind of let you create your own sort of identity and, and Pokemon sort of allowing you to put together your team and your strategies and all that stuff. Like I've always liked that. And then also like when I was a kid, being able to be in a world that big on your Game Boy was such a novel thing, like such a new concept. Very cool. All right. You also said you know a lot about the singer-songwriter Carly Rae Jepsen. I love Carly Rae Jepsen's music so very, very much. <laughs> like unironically? Oh, completely unironically. I think that I, I don't know how comprehensive my knowledge of her, her body of work is, but I love pop music and I love sort of like, you know, uh, female vocalists, pop and indie rock and stuff like that. And I don't think anyone does it better than Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm. We've seen her in concert a couple of times. Oh, fun. And it's like the most fun imaginable. And was it Call Me Maybe that uh, was your entry into her music? Yeah, I mean, Call Me Maybe, I think, was a lot of people's entry into her music. But there was an ironic enjoyment of that song that I think a lot of my... That, that a lot of my contemporaries maybe harbored. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first time I heard Call Me Maybe, I was like, this song rips in a way that I've never heard a song <laughs> rip before. And then finally, Griffin, you said you know and love the TV show The O.C. So I had a, a girlfriend in high school who was like really into it. I watched an, just an episode from the middle of season two with her mm-hmm. once, and I was like, this is good. <laughs> the characters are oftentimes vapid and cruel, but at the core of it, it is a, a show about this kid, Ryan Atwood, finding a family and the way that they accept him. And it just has a vibe that I have. I don't know too many people who like watched the OC super hardcore, mm-hmm. but whenever I do meet someone, they mm-hmm. have, it is always the same level of fandom of like, yeah, oh God, it's yeah. zero or a hundred. It's exactly like. every yeah. time. All right. So to summarize, Griffin, you said, you know, a lot about Pokemon, the singer songwriter, Carly Rae Jepsen and the TV show, the OC. Yes. Today we want to quiz you about the OC. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorite episode scenes or lines <laughs> from the show that come to mind? Oh, actually, okay, my favorite is the first Christmaka episode. We watch it every holiday season. It's the best. That's like their annual holiday episode mm-hmm. uh, that, that blends Christmas and Hanukkah, which if that's one of your trivia questions, you should know that that is a very slow ball. Uh, <laughs> uh, and there's one Christmaka episode where they like fall off a ladder and two characters enter this alternate universe dream yep. world. Yep. Uh, I oh, oh, my God. I... I well, can I tell you something funny? That yeah. was we did have a question about that. That that became an alternate. We ended up replacing oh, it with okay, something okay, else. Okay, so, okay, uh, yeah. Hopefully, um, hopefully, what we have is still interesting and maybe challenging for you. Of my three topics, this is the one that I feel the most confident about. I oh. cannot wait for this. Very excited. 
Excellent. We're happy to hear that. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic with our question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love even more, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, like Rachel, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Rachel, do listen closely because if Griffin answers incorrectly, you can steal. Rachel, by the way, how much do you know about the OC? You know, it's funny. Right before I met Griffin, I had watched maybe the first season on my own. And then it was, I mean, it's similar to Quantum Leap. And then I mentioned to Griffin, like, oh, yeah, I've seen a few episodes of that. And he was like, do you want to watch the whole series? <laughs> For <laughs> the rest like, of our lives? Yes, yeah. yes, I do. And so we had a gathering with our friends. It was actually yeah. very sweet. Oh, my God, I forgot about yeah, this. Yeah, before before any of us had kids, we would all get together and watch the OC. Stop and it, it. And it got so that we felt like we couldn't watch it without each other. So it became Aww. this, like, scheduling nightmare right. where at certain points we just had to <laughs> cut people out. We were like, I'm sorry, you can't be part of this group. You haven't been able to attend. (laughs) (laughs) There was a gatekeeping involved with the OC, which is not something you usually hear about. This is like an aggressive book club. (laughs) We developed a drinking game over the course of us watching it that became diabolical, I would say, where anytime any character said, hey, you had to take a drink. And that, (laughs) that rule enough was enough to get people three sheets. All right. Well, it sounds like you both know your stuff. We're going to put Griffin to the test and see if he gives Rachel an opportunity. All right, Griffin, here's your first question. In case you're not clear in which U.S. state the OC is, the theme song by Phantom Planets helps set the scene by saying the name of the state three times as well as being the title of the song. What state is it? And please, if possible, sing your answer. California, (laughs) here we come. Helen? That is correct. That is correct, of course. Very nice job. Fun fact, as heard on the show and from Griffin, the opening line is California, Here We Come, which is a reference to the song California, Here I Come, made famous by Al Jolson. On the song for the OC, Phantom Planets gives writing credit to Al Jolson. Which oh, I'm that's sure great. He I have no idea. That's so great. <laughs> yes. The estate of Al Jolson gets a little bit, uh, yeah. I think, from, from you're just singing it right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, here's question number two. Speaking of music, the character of Seth Cohen has a favorite band, and you can tell because he has the band's poster on his bedroom wall, plays their music in the car, and gives their CD to girls he likes. The band, fronted by Ben Gibbard, even ended up playing a concert at the Bait Shop featuring their songs Title and Registration and The Sound of Settling. What band is it? That would be Death Cab for Cutie. Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. I could name you for bonus points five more bands that have posters on (laughs) Seth's wall. I wish we were giving bonus points out. Fun fact, The Walkman, The Thrills, The Killers, and Modest Mouse also played at the bait shop on the show. Additionally, the seminal rap track to check it out by the Beastie Boys premiered on an episode of The O.C. All right, Griffin, here's question number three. The OC featured an eclectic mix of guest stars, and not just those who played music. But which one of the following did not make an appearance on the show? Was it Scott Bayo, George Lucas, Shailene Woodley, Paris Hilton, or T.I.? I'm 95% sure I know it, but I think I want to use my hint. All right, what, do you, what is it that you think you know? Because this might help, help with your I hint. think it's Scott Bayo is the answer. But who who do you who are the other contenders that you're? Uh, I think Scott Bayo, uh, Shailene Woodley was on it. She played uh, Marissa Cooper's sister before Willa Holland, so that wasn't it. Uh, but I also I, I think it's either it's either Ti or Scott Bayo. Uh, and you do want the hint? 
I do. I need it. Yes. Okay, Helen, how about that first hint? T.I. did appear on the O.C. Then I'm pretty sure it's Scott Baio. I think it's got to be Scott Baio. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Your instinct was correct. Fun fact, you pretty much gave the fun fact already. Shailene Woodley played Caitlin Cooper, little sister of Marissa, Misha Barton. She only appeared in a few episodes and was recast with Willa Holland. By the way, Woodley said in 2020 that her short-lived role on The O.C. was one of her proudest accomplishments. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would have been one of her earlier. I mean, I don't know anything about Shailene Woodley's career, but one of the I earlier why roles. why she was recast. Uh, yeah. I think because she went on to some other things. But well, her we'll character also just let her care. This yeah. happens with a lot of younger siblings on television shows. Oh, right. Like on Boy Meets World, they just poof. Gone. You're gone. Not not the focus anymore. All right, you're three for three. Here's question number four. One of the reasons Rachel Bilson's Summer Roberts and Adam Brody's Seth Cohen may have gotten along so well was their shared love of four-legged animal toys. Summer had a pink unicorn with a glittery turquoise tail, and Seth had, well, a plain old horsey. What were the names of these beloved toys? Oh, my God. Captain Sparkles. I think, oh, man. What was the other one? Oh, no. After I talked so much smack about how much I knew about the OC. <laughs> That's all right. This is, our, our, our quiz is supposed to get more challenging as it goes along. Mm. I'm going to need a hint. All right, Helen, how about that second hint? It rhymes with Blincess Blarkle and Blapton Bloats. Captain Oats and Princess Sparkle. Helen? That is correct. He somehow saw through your cryptic hint. But yes, that is correct. I feel like I've let a lot of my fans down. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, we, I'm we sorry. Wouldn't want you to, we wouldn't want you to feel bad about it. We know it's a, it's a deep pull. Fun fact, Princess Sparkle is an actual figure from My Little Pony named Princess Sparkle. Captain Oates is an actual figure from Briar named Dusty Dunn. Saddle sold separately. All right, Griffin, here is question number five. You have no more hints available, so oh, this God. will be on your own. Let's see how you do. Most of the scenes from the OC are shot in a studio or on location along the coast of what we in California call the South Bay. Now, according to SeeingStars.com, one big exception is the Harbor School, the high school for the core four. At what Catholic women's university were the scenes for the high school actually filmed? There's no way on earth (laughs) I'm going to get this. All right. Would you like to just guess at what the name of a Catholic university for women might be called? Saint? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Santa Ann Catholic School. (laughs) Helen, is it Santa Ann Catholic School? It is not. No, I'm terribly sorry. Rachel with a chance to steal. Oh, uh, Mary's College. Mary's College. (laughs) Helen, is it Mary's College? It is not Mary's College. No, but it's pretty close. It is Mount St. Mary's. Mount St. Mary's. Fun fact, the high school soccer field and swimming pool were not filled at Mount St. Mary's, which is located on the west side of Los Angeles. Bonus fun fact, I performed in my high school production of Oklahoma in the theater at Mount St. Mary's. Whoa, (laughs) that is a fun fact. You still did quite well in that quiz, Griffin, but now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Griffin, The O.C. isn't just a show about relationships and music and toys and beaches. It's also a show about business, as evidenced by the enterprising Julie Cooper, who throughout the series served as a CEO of a real estate and development company, launched a magazine, and co-founded a dating service, each related to the city where they live. For up to three points, what are the names of these three enterprises? The business was the Newport Group. Okay. The magazine was Newport Living. 
All right. And what was the last one? Uh, what was the dating service that uh, Julie oh, Cooper co-founded? And again, it's related to the name of the town in which they live. It ended up being a front for, if memory serves, gigolos. And I'm trying to decide if there was a sort of a hint about that in the name of it. Mm. I'm going to say Newport Singles. That sounds like a cigarette, a type of cigarette <laughs> yeah. that you could buy. When you're, when you're buying Lucy's, you get Newport Singles. You get Newport Singles. Yeah. Uh, but you're going to go I with that. I, Newport Singles is the best I got. Well, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is an actor and podcaster who played the enterprising Julie Cooper on the OC. <laughs> it's Melinda Clark. Hello, Melinda oh Clark. My God. Hi, guys. How are you? Griffin is straight freaking out. I'm having a panic attack. This is wild. Oh, my gosh. Well, I I mean, I get so nervous doing this stuff, too. Okay, good. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's you, and you look just as stunning as you did on the show. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I've been I've had to learn some really good lighting and some tricks doing podcasting. <laughs> well, you're, you got it, girl, because you look great. Oh, thank yes. you. As evidence, I have not yet learned those tricks. Uh. <laughs> Before I tell you if you got anything right, yeah. Shailene Woodley actually auditioned again for the grown-up role of Caitlin. Willa Holland and Shailene were only six months apart, but Willa was more mature, mm. and they wanted a more mature kind of, oh. you know, kind of that look of something that was a little bit more, I don't, I guess I would say sexy. So <laughs> that's why Willa was there. And also, in addition to Princess Sparkle was a Hasbro toy mm -hmm. and Josh Schwartz's dad worked at Hasbro and he was a toy designer. That's oh wow, that's the creator of the show. Yeah, How so a few that? little extra facts there for you. We love it. <laughs> we'll get into the OC more in a moment, but my goodness, what a wonderful career you've had. People also will remember you from your roles on Entourage, Days of Our Lives, Nikita, Firefly, Spawn, <laughs> CSI, and uh, you recently appeared on Fantasy Island, which I think will be out by the time people are hearing this. Yes, that was quite fun in Puerto Rico. Oh, very, very cool. Uh, well, I have to say, I was not a watcher of the OC. So when I first uh, found out that you were going to be joining the show, I was looking up, who, who is this person? And then I saw your photo and I said, oh, my God, it's Lady Heather. It's Lady Heather because that was a big role on CSI. My goodness, what a departure from uh, from the OC. That must have been such a thrill to be able to inhabit such a, a delicious character. Those are my two favorite. Mm -hmm. I think um, Lady Heather was such this was such an evolved enigmatic, mysterious, just fascinating character. And, you know, in television, we tend to, you know, it's a very quick process. It's, you know, and and I got the audition the day before and I did the audition the next day. And the the script was written by Jerry Stahl, who wrote Permanent oh, wow. or, you know, that's his yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. So it was a very, it was literally go in and, and when the writing's that good and you can inhabit it. I had no, of course, any any research or reason to, you know, be a dominatrix, I guess. Yes. <laughs> but but it wasn't about what people think is a true dominatrix. Yeah. It was just something that was really, I was able to inhabit this character. In fact, they had a dominatrix on set to be the, you know, technical advisor. And she was like, you're doing great, honey. <laughs> Came natural <laughs> they to you. Hired a, they hired a dominatrix consultant? Yes. What? <laughs> Hollywood, man. Hollywood. Uh, that's really right, cool. Yeah. Right. Well, let's talk about the OC. You actually had to audition for a different role at first, right? I did. I read for Kirsten, mm -hmm. the scene in the pilot where she doesn't want anything to do with this boy and it's outside of the, the house mm -hmm. in, in the pilot. But they brought me back for Julie and I instantly gravitated towards, I mean, on script, it just sounds like a bitch. She's just yeah. everything that she says, all of her sound bites are just bitch. 
but a villain you don't play a villain as a villain you just play it as you know reality mm -hmm. it was such a wonderful show and it taught me so much because i don't think it had so much comedy in the beginning if you look at the pilot there really wasn't as much comedy and it evolved because of josh being 27 and just doing what he liked i'm speaking about josh Schwartz, the mm -hmm. creator it was supposed to be this new 90210 for fox but Josh based it more on Freaks and Geeks and oh, My So-Called Wife. Oh, wow. Kind of with this Trojan horse of still some great adult storylines. I was aware that it had a cultural impact. I wasn't aware just how deep it was. So I was able, we're able to explore what that is and not just reflect pop culture, they were creating it. Yeah, it's really a great, it's really a great cultural document of that time as well, I think, for that reason. Um, well, let's talk about this podcast that you do with Rachel on the show called Welcome to the OC, uh, which I'm sure is exactly how you say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very apologetic uh, like that yeah, every time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, I'm not as comfortable with the B word. Play <laughs> around with the name a little bit. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's, I, it's, you couldn't have picked better. Yeah. The iconic line that that Luke said was, you know, the welcome to the OC bitch. Yeah. And, and since, we've since heard that, you know, traders on the floor of Wall Street were saying it. Oh, and, no. You know, it was a talk about water cooler. I was a fan yeah. of Quantum Leap as well. But it was when we realized that Rachel and I played the original bitch. Oh, of show. course. So that's yeah. why we kind of played with it and decided. On your podcast, you uh, rewatch the show and then comment on uh, different episodes. What have you been surprised to learn from your guests who include, of course, cast and crew of the show, but also super fans? One of the things that's really important to recognize uh, is that I could be standing next to someone that I'm working with for the four seasons and they're having a completely different experience than I am. Mm. And I can never debate somebody's experience, you know. You know, uh, the younger people on the show, they were definitely, they were just thrust into this super, super fa um, fame and uh, to the point where they were, you know, chased by paparazzi and that that sort of thing. Whereas mm -hmm. I think the adults, we were just so happy to have work, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a different vibe, huh? <laughs> I remember Peter, like on one of the first episodes, we shoot these very long, long, you know, 18 hour days sometimes and it's nighttime. And I remember, you know, everyone's a little frustrated, it's a little late and maybe three in the morning and he was kind of pacing back and forth and he was like, private school, private school. Private school. <laughs> like, this is why I'm doing this, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think that was I don't think that was Misha's uh, necessarily motivation at that right, time. Right. Yeah, at right. sixteen. As you rewatch the show, are there moments that you had totally forgotten, or things that you see that surprise you? Absolutely, we're in season four right now. We're so we're coming to the end of this of the series. There's so many times where I'm like, I forgot, I forget things. In fact, I have, a, you know, I have three podcasts to do this week. And I was watching an episode last night preparing. And it was just a moment where I literally was beaming. And it was a, the Earth Girls are easy when they're that out. That is such and, um, a they're good episode. Right? <laughs> I was going to say that one, if not the, the fourth Christmas episode. That one rules. We just interviewed um, John Stevens and J.J. Philbin, who wrote the Chrismica huh? or Chrismica. Uh -huh. Huh? Oh, like, that yeah. one's one of my favorites. But they're in this rave out in like this. It's supposed to be like an Area 51 area. And this guy stops Seth and says, Mr. Cohen, oh, my gosh, I'm a fan of Atomic County. I'm Kid Chino. And he's got the <laughs> neck band and everything. And I thought that was so I'm just so always delighted by the detail mm -hmm. of 
this hundreds of people collectively coming together. There's everyone behind the scenes and the editors are so fascinating to me. And, and just even, even these little guest roles of these actors and then the, um, the, the actual detail in the costume, it just brings so much joy, like you were saying. That's really lovely to hear that it's impactful on, on so many different sides for so many different people. Let's get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Griffin. We wanted to know the three names of those enterprises that a character named Julie Cooper found herself involved in. First, we wanted to know what was the name of the real estate development company. Helen, what did Griffin say? Griffin said the Newport Group. And Mindy? That is correct. That is correct. Very good for the points. Very nice, Griffin. Next, we wanted to know what was the name of the magazine that she launched. Helen, what did Griffin say? Griffin said Newport Living. And Melinda? That is absolutely correct. And she's like Oprah, and she's going to be on the cover of every every <laughs> issue. So funny. <laughs> Another point for Griffin. And finally, wanted to know what was the name of the dating service that she co-founded. Helen, what did Griffin say? Griffin said Newport Singles. And Mindy? It is New Match. New, new Match. match. Ah. Yes. Sorry, no point there. I think you realized that you did know it after all, but still very nicely done. Griffin, while we have our expert Melinda Clark here, is there anything you'd like to ask or say to her? This is wild for me. I'm legitimately such a gigantic fan of of yours and of the show. Julie Cooper, I think, is like one of the best characters that's ever been on. Like the arc that that character follows is... I don't think has been emulated on a, a TV show like that. And your your performance was obviously like the, the reason for that. I just think you're amazing. Your podcast is really good. You started doing it right when we had our, uh, our, our newest son. Our newest son? That's a weird way to say that. Like he's in an iPhone or something. So about the time that the new son came out. Um, yeah, yeah, you upgraded. We upgraded yeah. uh, is, is when you started doing the podcast. I'm curious... Have you noticed any kind of like arc to the sort of fandom and the way that they evangelize? Because obviously the show was like huge when I was in high school and, and starting out college. I feel like for a while when I told people like, oh, this is my favorite show ever, they'd be like, wow, really, the OC? And now I feel like people have come back on the other side of it and kind of recognize it as this sort of landmark comedy drama series that uh, I think a lot of shows that have followed it have tried to follow in the footsteps of. I think you're right, though. First of all, it defined a lot of high school years. If you were a freshman when it started and you were a senior when it um, ended, or you were in college and playing the drinking games, and, <laughs> and those, <laughs> they're 20 years later. So And so there's, there's still a huge huge generation that hasn't discovered it, you know, right. because if I post on TikTok, they're like, what? <laughs> what is that? They're like, wait, wait, you're on Vampire Diaries. I'm like, oh, no, let's see. <laughs> Come on. But I would say this. The OC, because of, I want to go back to the music, because that was so, so impactful. And that's, like I said, one of the most important things. Because a lot of shows, if you remember like 90210, they would, they would put shows on, or songs that were on the Billboard top list. Mm. But Josh was using indie bands that were kind of on, it was the timing was good or they would get a boost from being on the show. And I think that's what probably would change the most. You would see shows starting to use more independent or less known Mm. bands, I think. Um, And somebody can probably- The shows were the ones around that time that were making those songs hits. Right. And making the bands hits as opposed to the other way around where the band was already a hit. And the, right. the show capitalized on that. It was like the show was actually like introducing music 
Um, that's how I, you know, that's how I felt about like the great original Grey's Anatomy soundtrack mm-hmm. and the OC as well. I think a lot of people did discover Death Cab for Cutie through the, the you know, you couldn't help right. it. It was everywhere, yeah. <laughs> right? And then we we, we interviewed <clears throat> Ben Gibbard, and he was explaining. And, and in my research, you you found that there were the original fans of Death Cab, and then when people started showing up because they'd seen it on the OC, there were some fans who were like, wait a second, yeah. we're the OGs, you saw it on a TV show. There was actually- We're the ben- hardcore Death Cab fans. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't mess with us, we'll kick your ass. Right, no, and, and Ben had such a wonderful attitude about it. He said, however you one discovers music is yeah. valid. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Melinda. It's been wonderful to talk with you. If people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they do that? Uh, well, you can always follow me on Instagram at the Melinda Clark. I also have a link tree there. And if you're interested in reaching us for the podcast, you can email us at welcome to the OCB at gmail.com. And maybe your question will be answered on the podcast. We've got some really exciting guests coming up for the end of season four. So Mm -hmm. stay tuned. And you can also follow us on our YouTube channel, just the Welcome to the OCB channel and pod you know wherever you find your podcasts and all that kind of stuff excellent does, so G- does gmail not let you have cuss words in your username <laughs> i guess it was somebody took it or something <laughs> oh, wow okay. yeah Gr- griffin do you want to fess up it was me and this yeah, is there you go. a surprise for you i'm sending you the domain today <laughs> melinda Sorry. clark mindy it was so wonderful that you joined us thank you so much for being here melinda clark thank you guys so much thank I love you this. oh i'm Looking so happy to hear that Awesome. All right, Helen, what is the score at the end of that round? Ooh, at the end of that round, J. Keith, Rachel McElroy has eight points and Griffin McElroy has seven and a half points. Oh, very close game. But now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Rachel and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. And you may notice a subtle theme based on today's guests. Here we begin. Rachel, there are over a dozen people in the world with the last name McElroy. True. Correct. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think a lot of them are we on know most, We know them. Yeah. yeah, most of them are in this family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Griffin, there are over a dozen people in Ireland with the last name McElroy. True. Correct. Rachel, there have been over a dozen players in Major League Baseball with the last name McElroy. False. Correct. Griffin, since 1900, there's actually been only one Major League Baseball player with the last name McElroy. False. Incorrect. No, only one. Really? Rachel, that player's name was Griffin McElroy. False. Correct. Griffin, that player's name was Justin McElroy. False. (laughs) Correct. Rachel, that player's name was Henry McElroy. False. Correct. Yeah, I think that's your son's name. Yeah, uh, it's the same yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The player was named Chuck McElroy. Griffin, baseball player Chuck McElroy's nickname was Chef. True. Incorrect. God dang it. Rachel, Chef from the TV show South Park has a real last name of McElroy. False. Incorrect. No, it really is. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Griffin, Chef's real first name is Chuck. True. Incorrect. God Rachel, dang it. <laughs> Rachel, Chef's first real name is Griffin. False. Correct. Griffin, Chef's real first name is Rachel. False. (laughs) Correct. And finally, Rachel, Chef's real first name is Henry. False. (laughs) Correct. No, again, that is your son's name. All right, we want to thank Rachel and Griffin McElroy as Helen tabulates the final score. We're not going to count those last few. By the way, Chef's real name on South Park is Jerome. Jerome McElroy. Mm. All right, Helen, are you ready to announce the winner of today's game? 
I am Jake Keith. At the end of the game, Rachel McElroy has 12 points and Griffin McElroy has nine and a half points. Congratulations, Ooh. Rachel McElroy. You were the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. Rachel, what will you do with your championship? Oh, I mean, just uh, a lot of um, bragging, I guess. I'll never hear it. the end of it. You'll never <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think that's an excellent use of your championship. All right. We want to give everyone here a chance to promote anything uh, they might like. Uh, Rachel, where can people find you and what you're up to? I mean, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Rachel McElroy on both of them. Maybe there's a C in there in the middle. I'm honestly not sure. We're um, very active on social media. <laughs> yeah, I can can't tell. tell. And then I'm also on the website that Griffin is on, which is the McElroy.family. There, we have several ways of getting you there. McElroy.family <laughs> is the one I usually uh, say, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. We appreciate your being here, and congratulations again. Griffin, where can people find you and what you're up to? I have a feeling I might know one of the websites. Family is going to get you where you need to go. We have a YouTube channel called The McElroy Family that we're starting to do stuff with. Uh, and, you know, we do like a thousand podcasts here on the Maximum Fun Network. And folks, isn't that what it's really all about at the end of the day? Yeah, which is the podcast that we do together is called Wonderful. Yes, that's Excellent. true. We should probably say that. And you two are indeed wonderful. Thanks for joining us, Griffin and Rachel McElroy. Thank you. Thank you. My hosting partner is Helen Hong. Helen, where can people find you? You can follow me on the socials at funny Helen Hong. It's got to be funny Helen Hong because... Just like, welcome to the OC bitches at Gmail. It's been taken. Helen Hong has been taken by someone else. Oh, no. Oh, but you are funny. You are Helen. You are Helen Hong. Uh, Deborah Pratt has rejoined us for some reason. Hi, Deborah. <laughs> did, did, we weren't expecting to see you again, but we're happy to. I just wanted to hear the end of the podcast because Griffin and Rachel are so amazing and you guys are so funny. <laughs> and I wanted to thank everybody for the great questions. And I got, I was really moved by the whole scenario and i'd love to invite people to my instagram which is deborah impratt on instagram and go to deborahimpratt.com if you have questions because i actually read the questions and we'll try to answer wow this is our first ever returning guest for the plugs thank you so much for being here for listening <laughs> all this you. way deborah thank wonderful you. to see you again um, what were we doing? Oh, and me. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith or on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Rachel McElroy, Griffin McElroy, Deborah Pratt, Melinda Clark, and thank you for listening and supporting our show at MaximumFun.org, especially during the MaxFun Drive. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's happening again. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. Meanwhile, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.com, and buy our T-shaped shirt and mug-shaped mug at MaxFunStore.com. And give us a great review on your favorite podcast platform, like Donnie Drama did on Apple Podcasts. He, she, or they said, always have a fun time listening while I drive, fun on a bun! Thanks, Donnie Drama. Does that make us a sandwich, Ellen? <laughs> Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the country. Questions were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex, which this week included Clint Tauscher. We are produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun's senior producer and overall Wonder Woman is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor and Wonder Man is Julian Burrell. Our show engineer and sound master extraordinaire is Dave McKee.
Kiever. Our theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Research assistance provided by Adam Needif. Quiz assistance provided by Brian Phillips and Leora Saul with, with Michelle and Scott Altenhofen, Angie Klein, and Sarah Wilbraham. Promotional graphics by Erich Tran. Added support from Dave Bianchi and Christine Velada. Special thanks to Harris Lane at Cast Media, Lisa Perkins at ID Public Relations, Sharon Vitro and Evan Anglin at Zero Gravity Management, Amanda Freeberg and Alice Flanders. I've been Helen Hong! Let's go watch the OC! And quantum leap into it! All right, that is our show. Just one last mention before we go. The Max Fun Drive is a chance for you to show your love because we love that you love the show. Do you love that we love that you love the show? Show <laughs> that love in the most con- <laughs> uh, pick up pick up the string of that most convoluted sentence <laughs> by saying yes and supporting us during the Max Fun Drive. You know, look at obviously in a lot of ways this show is a silly little podcast. It's just an excuse for people to have fun and show off their smarts and meet celebrities and all that. But I think one of the things that I've been really pleased about the show is that it does have a little heart. And, uh, you know, we try to create an opportunity for people to have real feelings and real emotions, as uncomfortable as it makes Helen sometimes. I know. Uh, <laughs> I hate having feelings. And, and and I often do have feelings on Go Fact Yourself, which is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because I'm like, ooh, feelings. But also, it is really nice when our guests get to meet heroes that they've had all their lives and they get to meet them and they freak out and sometimes tears come out and, you know, and they get to say, like, everything that they wanted to say to to their lifelong heroes. It really is a beautiful moment. And, yeah, ugh, feelings. Well, you know, one of the ways that we can show our support and uh, what our values are in this society is by what we choose to support financially. So this gift helps creators. It helps make the show that you enjoy. If you want more entertainment like this that we hope is smart, that we hope is inspiring and affirming to people, that we hope gives a place for people of all sorts of different backgrounds to express their loves without any judgment. If you want to support entertainment like that, this is your chance to do it during the Max Fun Drive. Are you someone who likes intelligent humor? Do you want to be part of a show and identify as someone who likes this kind of show? Do you want to be involved? This is the way for you to be involved. Help make the thing that you want to see more of in the world. That's really what Max Fun is all about, and we hope that you will consider doing that by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. And don't forget those amazing goals and reward. Helen, what does everybody get a chance to do if they're a new upgrading or boosting member? Oh, it's so exciting. They get the chance to actually be a contestant on Go Fact Yourself, like a whole episode of Go Fact Yourself based on you and the things that you love and the, and the things that you're obsessed with and possibly meet one of your heroes. Thank you again so much. Look for other updates from us on our social media this week for opportunities to interact with us and updates on how things are going in the Max Fun Drive, and uh, we've got some real special surprises for you, especially as we approach our goal and maybe even beyond. If you love our show and everything that our show stands for, which is intelligent humor and inclusivity and, you know, really celebrating people for the things that they are obsessed with, for whatever reason that they're obsessed with it, um, if you join and and maybe, you know, up. If you join or upgrade or boost or maybe even buy a gift membership, you're actually making it possible for shows like this to exist for people who can't afford to join. Um, we do have a lot of listeners who can't afford a membership, and that is okay. We're, we're so thrilled that we're able to provide uh, this as a free podcast, but it does take money. And if you're able, if you're in a position to actually 
kick us a little, a few bucks to help us make the show, you're opening the doors and giving this as a gift to the world. And you know what? Your support doesn't just help us make the show. It helps us make the show the way we want to make the show. We are able to have complete creative freedom. We have incredible support from uh, the people at MaxFun, but we don't have to make the show that a huge corporation wants us to make. We don't have to consider what, you know, advertisers or what um, – investors are going to want. The only people to whom we are accountable is ourselves as creators and you as our listeners. This is the show that we want to make for us and for you. And that can only happen at a place like Maximum Fun and only with contributions from listeners like you. Thanks again for supporting us. MaximumFun.org slash join. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.